Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 116. In today's episode, former President Barack Obama's dog recently died of cancer. If your dog or cat gets cancer, consider trying some of these holistic steps as they can help. If your pet is in need of weight loss, try these natural solutions. Should electric shock collars be banned? Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, and I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or suggestions? Feel free to post a comment about this podcast episode on the blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, by going here, www.veterinarysecrets.com. Barack Obama recently announced that the family's beloved dog named Bo, he was a Portuguese water dog, he recently died of cancer. They got him as a puppy in 2008, so he lived to about 13 years. But unfortunately, he died of what over 50% of our dogs are getting, many are dying of, of cancer. It seems that more and more of our animals are being diagnosed with cancer, and it makes you want to look at, you know, what can you actually do to give your dog, give your cat, to prevent them from getting cancer in the first place. There's been a number of studies looking at using 95% curcumin, this one phase one clinical trial. They looked at giving curcumin to 25 people with precancerous changes in different organs. The studies showed that curcumin could stop the precancerous changes from turning into cancer. Research has also shown that there are low rates of certain types of cancer in countries where people eat curcumin at levels of about 100 to 200 milligrams a day. Really big reason why you may want to be thinking about having additional curcumin in your dog's diet. It's now in my new supplement, Dr. Jones's Advanced Health Formula. Consider krill oil for cancer. As we just talked about earlier, cancer is one of the leading causes of death in our dogs and cats. And the omega-3 fatty acids, they have long been claimed to help reduce the risk of certain cancers. Well, interestingly, studies are now showing that people who consume the most omega-3s have up to a 55% lower risk of developing colon cancer. And one study in particular showed impressive evidence for using krill oil. This study was called Krill Oil Extract, how it suppresses cell growth and induces apoptosis, that's cancer cell death, of human colorectal cancer cells. Additionally now, omega-3 consumption is linked to a reduced risk of prostate cancer in men and breast cancer in women. We can now fairly conclusively say that your dog, your cat, they really can benefit from additional omega-3 fatty acid supplementation. At the very least, we know it's such a good, potent, natural anti-inflammatory and really may help prevent some of these cancers from showing up in the first place. A really good source, in my opinion, is krill oil. Krill oil has especially high levels of the anti-inflammatory omega-3s, EPA and DHA. What are some of the other things I would suggest to you? First, look at using dandelion. A dandelion root tea tincture, first championed by an elderly leukemia patient here in Windsor, Canada. It sparked an exciting amount of cancer research. So this is the University of Windsor, associated with this university, with the Medical Teaching Hospital, as a school of alternative medicines. They're looking at some of the alternative treatments. Specifically, here they're treating these people that have serious end-stage leukemias. And this one elderly woman, she was no longer responding. She'd gone through three rounds of chemotherapy. And they said, sorry, ma'am, you got to go home, make amends. There's nothing we can do. She's like, got it. I'm going to treat myself with dandelion root tea. I'm like, sure you are. Three months later, she's cancer-free. She tells someone else, in the waiting room what happened with her or someone else in for a similar type of leukemia treatment. They treat themselves. They become cancer-free. 
this set up some big alarm bells. The physicians, you know, they talked to the researchers next door, said, well, you guys got to look into this. Like, there's something really here. So they have, and they isolated a number of different specific compounds that are found in dandelion root that really are beneficial for some types of cancers. And they're actually on the process now of making this into a commercial product. No, you can't have access to this, but you do have access to dandelion root. And I actually talked to their lead researcher who's looking at you know, some of the anti-carcinogenic compounds and dandelion root. And he said, if you were to have a person with cancer, what he would suggest is number one, to get yourself dried dandelion root. Two, you're going to grind it in a coffee grinder, not till it's a fine powder, but till it's in small pieces. So then you're going to take one teaspoon of this ground dandelion root. And you're going to add that into a pot, adding in one cup of water. Then you're going to simmer that for 15 or 20 minutes. And that's the amount you would give to a 10 pound dog or cat daily. You would expect them to respond in about two weeks if it's going to help them. And you dose that accordingly. And it's something, if I were to get a dog cat with cancer, it's one of the very first things I would try. I also have a video on YouTube showing you exactly how to make this. The CBD and THC, there has been just so many different studies now showing clear benefits of medical marijuana and cancer. One, what we're seeing is that it's not just the CBD, the non-psychoactive portion of the cannabis plant, also the THC, the psychoactive portion. In some cases, what these cannabinoids are doing, they're binding to the cancer cells, allowing the immune system to then recognize that there's a cancer growing and attack, make it smaller. In other cases, the cannabinoids, they're able to decrease the likelihood of the cancer cells spreading in the first place. We're looking at doses. If I have a dog, a cat with cancer, it's like one of the very first things. My last dog, Lewis, he had mouth cancer. The CBD in combination with THC, that was the only thing that gave him great pain relief. When we're looking at sort of combinations and doses, ideally you're going to have a combination of four parts CBD, one part THC, and eventually you may even need a one-to-one -one tincture. So really see if you can get the THC as well in combination. Or you're going to dose it based on the CBD concentration. So we're looking at about three milligrams for 10 pounds of body weight twice daily as a starting dose. And try it. I encourage you for sure. It was just such a positive experience with my last dog, Lewis. Panicure for cancer. What is Panicure? It's an old dewormer. The actual name of the drug is Fenbendazole. We use it for dogs, for cats, we use it for horses. It's really safe, virtually no real side effects. I'm sure I've used it hundreds if not thousands of times in dogs and cats and horses and cows. About two years ago, a man by the name of Joe Tippins, he published his experience of using Panicure. He had this end-state brain cancer spread to all these different areas of his body. He'd gone through chemo, radiation, uh, was also trying some alternative treatments. Nothing was working. He has a friend who was a veterinarian, so why didn't he try Panicure? Sure enough, and the veterinarian said, there's some research showing that Panicure may be effective for cancer. Now, a few months later, he's cancer-free. It turns out that this fenbendazole, the Panicure, it can affect the cell walls of the cancer cells. It's called a microtubule inhibitor. By doing that, the cells break down, cancer cells stop growing. And that's obviously what happened with Mr. Joe Tippins. There's an array of different doses. First, they're suggesting for people, the human doses, they're giving up to 2,000 milligrams per day. So it's 500 milligrams. First, the human doses, what they are suggesting is 500 milligrams per person a day is 500 milligrams per person for 10 consecutive days. And apparently some people were responding to Panicure. So as far as if I were to dose, see my little dog Tula knock on wood, but if she were to get cancer, I would be dosing her at 50 megs per kilo once daily for three days on, four days off. And I would do that over the period of a month. So that would equate to her getting about 500 milligrams. If you're going to use the liquid Panicure, it's about 100 milligrams per mil. 
So she'll be getting five cc's. That's one teaspoon a day for three days. So three days on, four days off. I would do that for a, be a month and then assess that after a month. Your dog, your cat has cancer. Ask your veterinarian about getting panicure, doing that as a trial. Melatonin for cancer. What is melatonin? It's also known as a sleep hormone. There is so many studies showing so many different benefits of melatonin for cancer. What they're finding is there's certain melatonin receptors that when they're bound to, they make it more likely that cancer cells will die. Melatonin can decrease the likelihood and lower the rate of cancer cells spreading. Melatonin especially seems to be really important for the cancers that have a hormonal basis. Even the mouth cancers have a hormonal basis. I wish I knew about it with my last dog, Lewis. So many different studies. I'll put a link to some of those, uh, referring to some of those studies in the description box. You'd just be amazed how many different things have been studied with melatonin. I had no idea. It's a really safe over-the-counter medication. We've used it lots in veterinary medicine. We're looking at melatonin doses. It's about two milligrams per 20 pounds of body weight once or twice daily, so based on your dog, your cat's weight. Pretty darn safe. Fire to have an animal with cancer, no question. Be that one of the top things at my list I'd be adding in. The last thing I want to mention is olive leaf extract. It's from the leaves of the olive tree. We've all had olives. These olives have trees have leaves. You can ex extract something pretty important called olive leaf extract. I've talked about it in the past as a natural antibacterial number of different studies, both for the prevention and treatment of cancer. We're looking at all the leaf extract doses. So it's been studied for cancer prevention, along with cancer treatment, doses of 100 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily. This would be something I would think of incorporating either one preventively, or two, say you tried some of the other treatments, panicure didn't work, melatonin didn't help, then maybe consider the olive leaf extract. In need of weight loss, these are some holistic options that you can give to your dog or cat to help lose the pounds. Obesity is rapidly becoming the most common veterinary condition affecting our dogs and cats. Estimates vary, but one survey found that 53% of adult dogs and 55% of cats are now classified as either overweight or obese. That equates to nearly 100 million pets in the United States that are too heavy, according to veterinarians. Personally, I've always had the best results on elevated protein diets, which include generally at least 50% can. 100% with our cat, you've got an overweight cat. The single biggest benefit is eliminating the kibble, cutting out the dried treats, these high carb things. You're just thinking canned food, homemade food, raw food, more important than anything else. With the dogs, likewise, I've seen the same thing. Initially in practice, we talked about increasing fiber. That's what they talked about with people. Now we know with people such as Dr. Atkins, who's shown like you increase protein, dramatically you can increase metabolism. And sure enough, you eliminate these simple carbohydrates are so much more important in terms of accelerating and maintaining weight loss. Same thing as applying to our animals. You cut out these carbohydrates, so decreasing the amount of grain in your dog's food, eliminating the kibble as much as possible, increasing the amount of animal protein more than anything else like that's my first big tip increasing animal pro protein decreasing the amount of these simple carbohydrates two is exercise really difficult with our cats but no not so for with our dogs you can commit to exercising your dog twice daily for at least 30 minutes and then when we are talking about the food you're feeding them a measured amount of food based on your dog or cat's weight you're not just giving them free access to the food other things to consider that may help increasing metabolic rate help your dog or cat lose weight probiotics these are these healthy bacteria that colonize the intestinal tract and guess what they're finding they're so important for health 
may actually help in weight loss for people along with their pets. There's one specific probiotic called Lactobacillus gasseri. And I actually found this one in particular helped at increasing metabolic rate, decreasing fat levels and fat cells in animals. Who knew just by having these good bacteria? We know there's such a big correlation or what's in your animal's gut and how it relates to their overall health, how it relates to their immune status, along with guess what? having a healthy weight. Decrease the likelihood of your dog being obese, your cat being obese, help them lose weight, get a good quality probiotic supplement, could include lactobacillus gasseri. Colostrum is known as mother's first milk. Guess what? It's also been shown to help with weight loss by increasing muscle mass. The increased muscle can lead to increased metabolism, loss of fat, and now an increasing number of athletes are using colostrum. It's a very safe nutrient to consider adding in to your overweight pet's diet. We're looking at colostrum doses of 100 milligrams for 10 pounds of body weight daily. Green tea, it's gained popularity for people for weight loss. It's a rich source of antioxidants, safe to give daily. Guess what? It's also really safe to give to your dogs and cats. You can give it in a tea form. You can just substitute green tea for your pet's water. Assess the results in 30 days. Just simply, you just make tea bag in the morning, your cup of green tea, and that becomes your dog's water. And I have had many, many pet parents say, like, this really made a difference. It works. You've never tried it, consider it. Last one I want to mention was the omega-3s and how they can help reduce symptoms of metabolic syndrome leading to weight loss. So what is metabolic syndrome? Well, it includes central obesity, also known as belly fat, as well as other things such as high blood pressure, insulin resistance. Omega-3 fatty acids, they can help improve insulin resistance, decrease inflammation, and other heart disease risk factors. And people with metabolic syndrome may also be equally beneficial for our dogs and cats. Like just another reason to have a good quality omega-3 fatty acid supplement that's given to your dog or cat. And who would have thought a, a good quality fat can lead to weight loss? Because we know that's decreasing inflammation in the body, which means the pancreas can produce the insulin it needs, which means the we're not storing all that glycogen, all that in the form of fat, less amount of metabolic fat. We're seeing animals that are losing weight, being overall much healthier just by having a good quality omega-3 fatty acid supplement. And lastly, talk about electric shock collars. That was a super interesting article, the electric shock collars for dogs and cats, so they're banned in England. I recently uh, read a report where they're trying to ban it in certain provinces across Canada. They're saying some of these training devices, they can deliver up to 6,000 volts of electricity uh, to control an animal's behavior. And here, here in the UK, they're saying, so many people are saying that this causes unacceptable harm and suffering. So as Wales and Scotland, they've already taken steps to ban these shock collars, as have other European countries. Animal charities have campaigned to change the law for a number of years. They said a survey by the, their local SPCA found that only 5% of dog owners reported using shock collars. One spokesperson for the SPCA there said, in modern day society, there's no excuse or need for the use of devices which can compromise dog and cat welfare especially when humane and viable alternatives to training and containing dogs and cats are available. Now, they said how this these electric collars can sometimes send shocks of 100 to 6,000 volts for up to 11 seconds at a time. Clearly, that is not ethical and painful and harmful. Dr. Casey, the director of Canine Behavior and Research at Dogs Trust, says this, that electronic devices which deliver an aversive stimulus have a negative impact on dog welfare. And as I said, in their opinion, there's no excuse or need for shock collars. They did a poll in 2014 
75% of people at the time agreed with the desire to ban shock collars. And what they're saying in the UK, we're a nation of animal lovers and the use of punitive shock collars causes harm and suffering to our pets. And they're just urging pet owners to use positive reward training methods instead, which makes huge sense. So what do I think? Should we be banning shock collars? First of all, you're causing pain and suffering. You really are. Can you imagine 6,000 volts being applied to you because you're like, oh, you crossed the fence? Clearly, that's not ethical. That is not something I can condone. I had no idea some of these shock collars sent such a strong amount of shock in the first place. And in my opinion, we shouldn't really be focusing much more on positive training, positive reinforcement, like what your dog does right in the first place. So create appropriate boundaries. Invest more in dog training. Not, you know, not train your dog properly, have them off the lead, you know, obviously not going to listen to you in the first place. I, I know very few people, when I think about it in practice, either used a shop caller or were in favor of using a shop. So, yeah, in, in my opinion, I would not encourage you to ever use a shop caller. Yeah, I support it. We're going to ban one here locally. Yeah, I'll be one of the first people to sign that petition. So thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to this edition of Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. That was Podcast 116. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment on the blog, www.theinternetpetpet.com. I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats. You can get it by going to www.veterinarysecrets.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. It's Dr. Jones.